0: The Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio present this recording from Savor 2013 in New York City. This recording is from Saturday, June 15th. Beer and Food Pairing Taste-Off, featuring Stephen Powell from Boulevard Brewing Company, John Mallet from Bell's Brewery, and Peter Buchart from New Belgium Brewing Company.
1: Thank you for taking the time out before your festival starts to uh, attend this Taste-Off Salon of historic, historic proportions. I'm Julia Hers from the Brewers Association. Actually, we started this Taste-Off Salon years and years ago. We have two returning champions, and John Mallet is biting, chomping at the bit to be on the board and beat these two guys. Um, I'll tell you about it in a minute, but we want to make sure that you're aware that uh, we've got this also being recorded so craftbeerradio.com is in the room. Jeff over there doing a great job. And they will rebroadcast this on craftbeer.com in a few weeks if you guys want to re-listen to it. Also want to thank Manhattan Distributing, who helps us put on savor. You can't do a beer festival without a distributor. Manhattan in New York has done a great job. Also sponsoring um, this room, actually, is BSG Craft Brewing. So great stuff going on. This, uh, this is kind of a... Um, I mean, you guys bought tickets to this, hopefully knowing that we're pitting you as judges. Did you guys know that? You will be judging, um, which is important to know. So, what we want to do is get you uh, to get a sense of understanding who these guys are and their history with this. But what, once the beers, the craft beers, are served to you, wait because each one of these gentlemen is going to take five minutes to taste their pairing with you. Their jobs are convince you to vote for them. Your job is to figure out which pairing works the best, not which brewer you like the best, not which brewery you've toured and, and had the best tour at, um, but which pairing works the best. That's the whole theme of Savor is you know harmonies and um, compliments and all of that with pairing. And so we want the winner of this one, who is going to take away a coveted title, to really have awed you and have a home run that schooled the other two pairings in a way that just made you vote for them instead. So that's kind of your job. You guys ready for it? Okay. Um, we After they each are going to taste for five minutes, then they each get a chance for a summation argument because the kicker on this whole setup is it's a blind tasting. You will not be knowing which craft beers you're served as you are served each of their beers. They don't know what each other picked, too, which is kind of cool. So behind the scenes, they haven't been able to powwow and get information from each other. It's their best choice. And, John, their Bart, Laura's ready for you to test something in the back. Um, So it's their best chance to figure out what each other has served and then still after they've tasted with you they're gonna give a summation argument on why they still think you should vote for their pairing and tonight they're tasting each other's choices for the very first time as well. So that's kind of the format of this Taste-Off Salon Um, and I want to formally introduce our speakers. John will be back in just one moment but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and ask uh, Stephen and um, Peter a couple of questions. So Stephen Powell's brewmaster for Boulevard Brewing Company doing amazing things. We've got a microphone right here so you can answer. But um, before I get into kind of my one or two questions, real quick, tell everybody what you do at the brewery, a little bit about Boulevard, just a quick minute or two about yourself, Steven. Uh,
2: well, uh, Boulevard is a uh, brewery in Kansas City. It's uh, been around for about 25 years. It's a little bit older than these guys here next to me, even though they make good beer, you know, we've been around for a little longer. We know what we do really well. Uh, they do too, but we've been around for a little longer. So, um, <laughs> we, we all like each other, so you know. You know this is just play, okay? Um, but uh, I'm the brewmaster at Boulevard Brewing Company, so kind of, you know, responsible for everything concerned beer. And um, I taste my share of beer on a daily basis also, so.
3: I am uh, Peter Boukaert from New Belgium Brewing Company. Um, New Belgium started a bit later than those guys, apparently. I didn't know that. Um, Uh, I'm the brewmaster, so responsible for um, making all the crazy beers that we're making. Unfortunately for you guys here in New York, we don't distribute our beers, so um, some of the beers that you can drink tonight downstairs are completely new and will be very exciting for you.
0: What am I supposed to do?
1: (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself, John.
0: My name is is John Mallett. I'm with Bell's Brewery, and we're located in, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is, you know, in the heart of the rust belt of this great nation. And uh, Bell's has been around for 20 some odd years. Uh, Larry Bell is a pretty iconic guy in the, in the, in the brewing world. And uh, I've been there for about 12 years. My job is i um, director of operations. So I oversee all the um, brewing and production and all that. And I also get a chance to, to dabble a little bit and have fun and play. So hopefully uh, some of those have b- borne fruit for us tonight. So
1: The level of brewmaster in the house at the front here is amazing to me with these three gentlemen. I mean, just the history behind all three of them. And back to the taste-off, we've done this more than ten times, this very type of competition. Stephen is one of our reigning champions. How many times have you won? Twice, which is the top um, amount of times. Peter won in the early days, for sure. And John was just at Big Beers in Vale. was it a year ago, last year? Um, the votes were very close, so, I mean, incredible stuff. And you guys are willing to put your, um, your brewmaster ship on the line over something like this. So I want to ask you to share with the audience, you know, what are some of your core beer and food pairing principles that brings you to the table, not just to be talking about the amazing craft beers that you make, but, you know, why do you love pairing with craft beer, and, and what are some principles you can share with us?
2: Well, I think... Um when it comes to beer pairing, I, I, what I'm always looking for is when you taste the food and then you taste the beer and then you go back to the food, that it's complementary and it, and it kind of helps the other one, you know. So let's say, you know, you taste something, you go like, oh, this is, this is good. And then you taste the beer and you go like, oh, this influenced this. And the, then you go back and the food kind of tastes a little different because the beer has an impact on it. So, I mean, you're always looking for the food, you know, the taste, uh, taste hook, you know, it, it has to taste and has to be complementary, uh, but those are kind of the things that I'm looking for.
3: And I think you can go complementary or you can also go reverse to accentuate or something in the beer or something in the food. So you really have the choice there on what you're going to go for. In my case, it's going to be more, um, it goes with the food.
0: Yeah, I like to drink beer with food too. <laughs> 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 yeah uh, you know really it's about harmony, it's about balance. It's about not having one just completely overwhelm the other, but to to hopefully add something, so there's a synergistic piece that that comes together and again, I think it can be complementary. I think it be in contrast um, but uh, and that's the that's the great thing about this there. I don't think there's really that many rules r- and uh and, and I'm a huge fan of no rules so
1: yeah, Brewers, craft brewers like no rules for sure. I think so, kind of what I heard from that is, you know, intensity, you don't want one thing to barrel over the other, and you want the, um, the, the whole to be better than the parts. They both make each other better. I think it is when you're pairing. I mean, that is, that is definitely it. And so many things will have flavor harmonies on that side, and then you'll also have contrast or calming of certain taste elements, like sweet, salty, sour, bitter umami. I mean, there's a lot to get to know and a lot that's going on. So I'm gonna throw one more question their way and then we're gonna get started because we've got the first craft beer being served. That'll be Steven Spear. And uh, so what I wanna know from you guys is what are you great at at around the brewery? What are you known for just being great at? And then what are you known for being horrible at?
0: I'm horrible at expense reports. I never get them in. I always get yelled at. Um, Office equipment is really just vexes me. I can't figure out how to run the fact machine, the copy machine. Um, you know what i what I do do well, I think is uh, playing with raw materials uh, i 'm very interested in the stuff that 's coming into the brewery, um, looking at it you know sort of from farm uh, to us through that, so that supply chain, um, and then just i guess engineering aspects of brewing so that 's what I do well um, and I like to talk to people
3: as well so that 's good i 'd like to be a little bit uh antagonist at a brewery, kind of always ask it from a different angle, uh, approach it from a different angle, and I want to do that also with beer. Um, Whenever you find an ingredient or something, how can you use this? How can you combine this? Um, How are you going to play with it? Um, It's always um, something that I'm very passionate about. Um, I'm I'm not even bad in budgets. I don't even make a budget, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, well, I, I think I'm um, just like these guys, good at making good beers, you know, cr- working with ingredients and coming up with flavors and, you know, looking at a beer, not just from, you know, making, making beer or making alcohol. I think all three of us, are, most crab brewers, are in the, we're in the flavor-making business, so trying to create flavors, trying to make new things, um, and I'm really bad on being on time. But that's a Belgian. Yeah, today I did good, but that, that's a Belgian, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, awesome. Everyone have one craft beer in front of them. That should be the first. It's, we're going to go left to right, too. So as we're tasting, try not to get them confused. Make sure the servers are serving, and you, you put your cup back where you found it, and then that way things won't kind of get amok. So Stephen's going to get his five minutes to take us through this pairing. In front of you, everyone should have a cheesecake. So that is yours. You need to save that cheesecake to last through three craft beers. So you're judges. Don't blow it. You got to taste it with the cheesecake for sure. So, um, Stephen, go ahead, five minutes, and uh, please take everybody through your pairing.
2: Well, I wanted to taste it first, make sure that it's okay. We we can't get uh, New York cheesecake in Kansas City, so this uh, we had to kind of kind of win it here. But what I'm what I was trying to do here is um, I like cheesecake. I like it a lot. Um, but the one that I find in Kansas City usually has either some kind of layer of jam on top of it, maybe raspberry or cherry, you know. It's always, it's always less tart. It's always a little more sweet, I guess. And um, when I was thinking about this, I was like, well, what if we just put something on this cheesecake? What if we added a little bit of fruit or a little bit of tartness to the cheesecake? I mean, cheesecake by itself is a little, it has a little tart, but it's also really intense. It's, it's got a, a lot of, um, you know, it's a little fat, I guess. So you need something to cut through that fat. And I thought, why not give a, uh, you know, working with a sour beer and give it a little more acidity and kind of complement it a little bit and making it you know, cut through the fat a little bit, but still add that little bit of, uh, of fruit to it. You know, like Let's say that and the beer has a little bit of a cherry flavor, cherry notes in it. So think about it as a piece of cheesecake with a little layer of, of cherry on top. Um, so making it a, you know a, a nice dessert I guess. So um, um, this is a beer that we uh, only make once a year, and uh, it's our um, you know our kind of our first step into sour beers. Um, this gear is the guy who makes a lot of you know, sour beer, so I hope he likes it. Good, right? Um, so um, you know that's kind of the pairing I guess. Do I have more time? Oh, okay. All right. Um, well, I, I sure hope you like it. And all you have to do, all you have to do at the end is when Julia asks for, do you like Boulevard best? All you have to do is raise your hand. That's it. That's all I'm asking today. I'm not difficult. Um, I, I I bet these guys' pairings will be wonderful also. But, you know, think about uh, a slice of... Of cheesecake with a little cherry on top. That's what you have here. I can't tell you, right? Can I say no, wait, no you can the style. Okay. Oh, okay. Well this beer, um, also this beer is aged in, in oak barrels. So it's uh it's partly made in oak barrels and part in stainless steel. So what we're trying to do with this beer is try to make a sour beer which is you know, has a nice soft acidity. Not really you know, aggressive acidity, but that's why we, ha- we use a portion of stainless steel in it. and um, So it's not really aggressive as sour. It's more like a subtle sourness that kind of adds to the, you know, the, the acidity of the cheesecake. I- I'm, I'm not a sales guy. I can't talk more.
1: <laughs> so Steven, there's nothing else you want to say. Peter and John are going to take five minutes to describe their pairing. Yeah, really? <laughs> We're still pouring the second beer, so if you've got okay. anything else, Stephen. All right.
2: Um, well, that's a beautiful red color. Mm-hmm. How do you do that?
3: Oh, I have some tricks in my sleeve.
2: Oh, okay. Food coloring? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you getting uh, nervous? <laughs> <whatever>? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> So we got a nice red color in our beer also, and we uh, get that because we use a lot of caramel malts in that beer, and the, car- the caramel malts ke- create a little bit of a sweetness in the beer, even though... You know, it creates a little, ba- a little bit of a body, a little bit of sweetness that kind of balances out with the acidity, um, just like the cheesecake, I guess. You know, it's got a nice acidity, a nice sweetness, nice rich creaminess. And um, have you tried Have you tried to taste it, and then the beer, and then go back to the cheesecake? Doesn't doesn't it affect it? Doesn't it give it a total different flavor? I mean, that's exactly what I'm trying to get to. Is that you know the beer and the cheesecake they need to be really working together. You know, if, if you have a pairing and you taste the cheesecake and then you go to the beer and you go back to the cheesecake and it tastes exactly the same, well, I don't think that's a really perfect pairing, I think. So I sure hope that none of you guys' pairings work that way. Just so you know. Okay, I'm not worried.
1: And you said this was barrel-influenced? Barrel-aged? It's barrel-aged, yeah. Tell us a little about the barrels for a minute.
2: We use, um, in this one, we used uh, a lot of wine barrels. We use a little bit of used... Whiskey barrels also, but there's not a lot of whiskey flavor in the beer at all. Um, what we do is we we make beers that are barrel aged with whiskey barrels, and then when the barrels come become neutral, when we use them two times, then we might put another beer in it and mix our beer in those. But in this case, about 75% of the beer was barrel aged, 25 was stainless steel, and of that 75%, about 55 was wine barrels. So it's a very small amount. It's whiskey barrels. I like the wine barrels because they add you know they add depth to the beer. Uh, they add, you know, uh, complexity to the beer. Um, and with sour beer is not just about sour. It's about creating, like I said earlier, it's about creating flavors. It's about creating, um, you know, nuances, small little things. If you sip the beer and you, you take a couple of sips, you, you'll find the cherry. You'll find the acidity. You might find the wood character in there too, a little bit of oak, um, a little bit of, you know, tartness. But also there's a little bit of caramel still in there, a little bit of sweetness still in there. And all those little aspects, they all add to the complexity when you taste it with cheesecake and of kind of go back and forward. So I hope you just didn't just take one bite and go back to the beer. I hope you took a couple of bites, go back and forth, and you, you'll keep finding new things as you go as you move back and forward.
1: Awesome. All
3: right. Everyone
1: should have uh, craft beer number two now? Yes. OK, great. Peter, please take us through your pairing. We've got five minutes.
3: Five that feels like an eternity for me. What about you, John?
0: Yeah, five
1: minutes is about how much time
3: I have left to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, looks like we have two pairings who are going to go relatively similar. And we went also with a sour beer um, on a cherry basis. Um, it's a little bit less assertive, sour. Um, but for me, the cheesecake is so rich, it's really very hard. Uh, I have a handicap the same as um, Steven has. Um, uh, for Collins, it's pretty hard to find a New York cheesecake. And so for me, the creaminess is really incredible in it. So if you first approach the beer that we have, for me, um, the key attribute I get there is um, some of the, the cherry pits in the aroma. And I think the cherry pits are gonna be a very good match then with um, the cheesecake as such. It's it's way more cherry also than uh, Stevens beer, way more cherry in the aroma. Um, sourness wise, it's a little bit more. And for me, there's a, the ratio of the acids is always very important if you go to a sourness uh, sour beer. And in our case, the the ratio is a little bit more forward towards the lactic acid. So if we now go to the cheesecake as such. Oh, this is so rich. I hope those chairs hold me. If you go back to the beer then, I think for me that uh, benzaldehyde note or that um, Cherry pit, not Almond. the almonds that you get in there. Thank you. Um, in there, it really is kind of an, a, a nice addition to the cheesecake. So pretty similar to Stephen. And uh, we wanted to go away from... Uh, also, we're thinking more on the fruit that could accompany uh, a cheesecake as such. Um, for me, they're actually pretty similar, except for that benzaldehyde note and um, the, the less assertive sour that we have in our beer. So style-wise, that's always a difficult question for me. A beer, if you create, it's never about the style in my eyes. You just use three ingredients uh, like the Germans do, but in Belgium, those three ingredients are experience, uh, creativ- uh, knowledge and creativity. And you just blend those in different ratios, and then you become, it becomes a style. And to me, um, did you give an answer <laughs> what the style was? Steven? Yeah. Sour. So I would say, yeah, it's a sour cherry beer. Um, There's a little bit more to the story of the beer. It's also a collaboration, but um, I think at this this stage of the game, it doesn't really count. Any other questions?
1: I think one of the favorite things on the planet is to ask um, Peter Buchart if he likes the box of the term styles. That could create an (laughs) hour-long dissertation. (laughs) Peter is well known for being on the record saying beer styles are um, you know, just that, they're on paper, that has nothing to do with what maybe he's creating behind the scenes, is that fair Peter?
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, if you create, and I think that's true for all of us, if you create, you don't really think about the box initially. You're trying to create something that's going to be beautiful. And we're in the entertainment industry. We're only making 10 minutes of pleasure. So uh, we're going to focus on 10 minutes of pleasure. And how we get there, if you want to call that in a, in a double IPA, I'm totally fine with that. What I really want to know, do you like the beer? And that's where I'm going after um, but, yeah, it's maybe a Belgian thing. In Belgium, we do not really talk so much about styles. We're going right away more after the brand as such. But we do not have that many breweries as we have here in the U.S.
1: And just in the last minute, Peter, so did this come from the New Belgium photos that you have?
3: No, there's no wood beer from New Belgium in this one.
1: Got it, so straight up. Yeah, it's, a, it's gorgeous. Very nice. Okay. Everyone, um, we're waiting on a third beer, so I'm going to toss another question to our, uh, to our crew here. Um, kind of back to the theme of beer and food pairing, why do you feel that, uh, or I guess, what game do you feel that the, the beers that you make, craft beer, uh, does with pairing with food compared to wine?
3: I suppose I have the mic. I'm going to answer this. <laughs> to me, where we are in craft, I think we are on... on Um, the right place on the right moment on earth Um, to have the the varieties of beers, it's just incredible and um, I have quite some conversations with with winemakers because I'm buying a lot of wooden barrels and they're kind of like, so how could we get out of this mold? Because they had to reproduce or are very bound to regions or uh, varieties. We as brewers, we have absolute creativity and I think uh, we are just the luckiest people on earth and we can do whatever we want. And hopefully you will like it. You want to add something?
0: I'm up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do, I do think that for um, winemakers are fairly lim- you know, limited in the range that they can explore because you know, fundamentally you're, 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 you're grabbing grapes and you're grabbing the yeast and... Um, there's not a lot else you can do with it. I mean, you can't really vary the, the, the sugar content of the grapes except for in the field, and that's very difficult to do. You know, how, do, you, how, do you, how do you do that? I mean, I guess you can let them go through some kind of noble rot. but uh, So realistically, I think as brewers, we have just a ton more control over um, the, the, the product through the process, through the, the, the different ingredient types that we're using and you know, there's a huge number of ingredients that we can use um, as brewers. So, I, 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 you know, personally I just think that um, it would be very interesting to make wine, but I think it's, uh, I, for me, I'm, I'm much more a fan of, of beer and the breadth and range of styles uh, that we can come up with.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree with these guys. We, we have a couple things extra, really, as, as brewers. We have, we can work with bitterness, uh, we can work with acidity. We can work with sweetness. Well, that winemakers can, too. We ha- and then we have carbonation. You know, we have a couple things to our disposal that we can work with that, you know, kind of open up way more than wine can, you know. And winemakers, like these guys said, you know, they get the grapes. Really, the main work, what they do is in the field. And then you get the grapes, and all they can do is basically, you know, make wine out of it. And we just get the grain, and then we're just starting. When, we have, when you get the malt in the brewery, we're just starting, and then... Now, we, our range of flavors that we can create is so much wider than the winemakers can, uh, mainly because we have, like I said, sourness in, in one of these beers. We got the fruity character in, in Peter's beer. We got carbonation that really helps cutting through some of this fat all, you know, the grease that is in the cake also. So,
1: Yeah. And I think it's interesting that all three of you are serving to pair with this cheesecake um, beers that have microorganism influence in it. That's not always the theme at the taste-offs, um, so definitely interesting theme there. Uh, everybody have beer number three at this point? Pretty much pour in the last of the room. I think you're good. Go ahead, John, and take us through your pairing, please.
0: So um, this beer, um, the, 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 we, we thought a lot about you know, how do we pair with cheesecake? Again, just really rich, really creamy, you know, just a, hopefully a clean dairy sort of uh, shining through there. And the piece you don't really know is what that relative level of sweetness is, and so that's kind of an unknown coming in. So I look at this beer, you know, we, as we started talking about what we might want to do. I look at this beer as, as really um, being about eight ingredients, uh, the eight flavors in beer. And, and I think about beer generally as having four ingredients. You know, you got barley malt, you got hops, you got water, and you got yeast. So how do I get a, how do I come up with eight for this? And really, what I was what we were trying to do is to to think about uh, layers and levels and. Uh, you know, the, the depth and complexity as you taste through uh, the strata of the, of, of, the, of the flavor profile. So the, the eight flavors that I see in here, the eight ingredients that I see in here, number one, you know, barley malt is inherently, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's gone through a, a sprouting process, it's gone through um, a toasting process, a uh, drying process, and you end up with some sweetness there. And as brewers, we can control how much sweetness carries through to the, to the end beer. So that's the first layer that's in here, you know, sort of a base level of just sweetness. And the second layer that we do is then, with the barley malt we can as we toast it if it, we toast it to higher levels, we're going to end up creating some some flavors these Maillard reaction products and these Maillard reaction products are the same flavors that we are, are responsible for the flavors in chocolate and coffee. And so, you know, to think about overlaying this light sweetness with uh, you know sort of this coffee, chocolate, espresso kind of note, and I got to think about that as a you know the cheesecake. It, you know, it's not inconceivable that you could top it with say a fruit, but you could also dust it with a little cocoa powder and 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 make that cheesecake a, you know something a little bit different. So we've got a layer of like sweetness, we've got a layer of um, of this sort of cocoa, chocolate, um, coffee flavor to it. And then the next thing we're going to do is play with the with water, and water is a really uh, under Underappreciated ingredient in beer—it's the majority of beer—and the small amounts of mineral components that are in there are going to add to that. So again, we, we're adding some some water salts in there. That we're choosing water salts that that enhance that sort of sweetness, that softness um, in this beer. Uh, next thing we add is a little bit of bitterness, and that bitterness is coming from hops. And in this case, you know, this beer doesn't really express hops. We, we don't need to do that. And so there's, that's four. fifth thing we're adding is, you know, choice of yeast. And the yeast in this, we're just looking to have a pretty clean ferment so that we're going to you know, build that support underneath that rich, malty kind of character to it. Okay. Next thing we add, this beer has cherry in it. Oh, <laughs> what do they say? Uh, you know, the great minds think alike, but but fools never differ. So, uh, <laughs> where we are in that continuum, I don't know. So, the, you know, the cherry is a special ingredient for me personally because you know, Michigan. You know, I, 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 we live in Michigan, and Northern Michigan is is home to most of the something like ninety percent of the tart cherry crop in the United States. So, this utilizes um, you know a bunch of Michigan tart cherries in it, and That tartness brings this acidity, brings this sort of, um, you know, we've got the sweetness, but we're also cutting that or balancing that with uh, some sourness that's just inherent in the the cherry itself. And then our next ingredient, our seventh, I think, now ingredient that we're going to do is, this beer in particular was barrel-aged. It was barrel-aged for a couple of years in uh, whiskey barrels. And what we're doing with the whiskey barrels is something a little bit different. You know, when you think about putting a beer into a whiskey barrel, if you put a very light beer into a whiskey barrel, it's going to pick up those, you know, sort of whiskey-lactone, the really kind of forward, alcoholic, um, really fast-high kind of notes. And we, I don't want to pull those out. What I'm really looking to get is the sort of toasted, caramelized characters that are deep inside that barrel. And so by holding it for a couple of years, we're going to pull out sort of like almost like a toasted coconut, Character or flavor, and then uh, the last thing is you know anytime you put anything in a barrel, I mean you think about wood; it's porous. Um, you know, it's 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 not a given that this beer is going to be clean microbiologically. There's going to be other things, other resonant microorganisms that come in there. So it's important to uh, smell and taste through those to figure out what you're what you're picking up. So in this beer, I'm really looking to build this, you know, hugely multi-layered sort of uh, piece that you're not necessarily picking up individual parts, but they're all blending together, and hopefully that's working well with the cheesecake. I think about the coffee, the chocolate, the cherry, and this little bit of tartness to cut um, the pretty sweet cheesecake. So that's what we we did with this beer to try and to pair with this particular uh, dish.
1: So. He's good.
0: I never won.
1: That's like uh, music to a foodie's ears. Your your words, Um, very there's a sense of creaminess in that beer too that I get. I mean, it's super complex, and I I love the way you described it. Um, Beautifully done. Really interesting, you point out, cherries, the microorganism theme, a little bit of sourness, two of the three are barrel-aged. So you guys have a tough job right now as judges. Now that each of the three of them have tasted each other's choices, we're going to go back, Stephen will now get a chance to uh, riff on what he wants you to think about before you vote. So go ahead, Stephen.
2: Well, I'm I'm going back to what I said originally. Um, This beer, this, this cheesecake, it is really rich it's got some really nice flavors, it's got some you know, really nice creamy, it fills your mouth completely, and it's just you know, all over your mouth, and it's like, how can I taste a beer when your mouth is coated like this? So when you take a sip of a beer that's a little bit more acidic than the other beers, you know, the, the beer, and you swill it in your mouth, what happens is it kinda cleans up your palate, and, you, and you're ready to take another sip of the, or another little piece of this cheesecake, I have to say that John's beer is probably way more complex than what we made. It's, it's a beautiful beer. Um, and do you, do you sell this? Can you send me a six-pack or a bottle, please? Because I absolutely love this beer. I think Peter's beer is by far the prettiest beer. It's really just like you, Peter. It's absolutely pretty, <laughs> just like you. But when it, to, when it comes to pairing, I think our beer is better because... After you take, like I said, after you take a little piece, and you take a little sip of the beer, it cleans up your palate, and then you want to have another piece of the cheesecake, and then you want to have another sip of the beer.
1: I'm definitely getting a sense of tannins, maybe from the cherries, too, in your little lip-smacking, you know, velvet tongue effect. I think, tannins.
2: Yeah, it's probably more, more from the wood, because it is 75% yeah, wood. From so the it's, it's, yeah, from the oak aging, sure. hmm so it's got a little bit of, yeah it it, it grabs your tongue and the back of your tongue a little bit, you know. And then when you get the, the cheesecake back in your mouth and it kind of coats it, it makes it all velvety again. You know, so you've got to go back and forth between the beer and the, and the cheesecake.
1: Yeah, you know, interesting fact about tannins, just to interject, is that it does halt the um, saliva on your tongue. Literally, your proteins bind with the tannins from the oak or the fruit or the stems or the seeds, and you no longer can produce saliva. That's why your tongue feels that kind of velvety. The opposite effect happens though when you have something sour. You have the uh, pH levels in your mouth from your saliva is like seven, pretty neutral. So if you have something lower than that seven pH, your, your saliva is going to kick in and try and neutralize it. And so it's all this physiological stuff that's going on that these guys, these crazy guys are getting, you know, getting us to go on a little pallet trip with that, which is pretty cool. Okay, Peter, go ahead and tell us why they should still vote for you.
3: Um, I do need to make a little correction. The, this is in part a wood-aged beer, but the way you were asking the question, I had to answer no. So. Well,
1: that's deep. What does that yeah. mean?
3: Um, I cannot talk about it. I cannot talk about the beer yet. You'll tell us after. So, yeah. So for me, um, it's, I really think it's funny that we all, uh, all go in a sour note, all a little bit wood-aged, um, and some cherry in all beers, that's completely... We, of course, uh, talked uh, behind the curtains there what beer we were going to send in, and that's why they're so similar. Um, <laughs> you did? Oh, you went there. No, I was not Yeah, sorry. Um, I think <laughs> um, I was going back to the aroma. So first of all, so the our second, the, the cheesecake is is very rich, and it's really hard. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be that rich, and it's not something we're used to in the cheesecake that we paired it with and that we found in for And let that alone, I think if you go back to the aroma of the three beers, I really think that the almond that you find in our beer is, is really a very nice touch to it and matches very much the aroma of the cheesecake. But it's, um, it's of course, uh, the, the texture, the umami of the cheesecake itself, I think has a hard time towards any of the beers here. So for me, I would uh, really bet on uh, the aroma from this beer and... Um,
1: And it's a very nice pairing for sure. Okay, John, go ahead, please.
0: You know, in some ways I thought about, you know, what do you what do, you do with, a, you know, with, a, with a pairing? What you could do with, with, you know, with a beer like this is you could just take it and pour it right over the cheesecake and almost like coat it and let it swim a little bit and think, you know, where, where does that sit? I think all of these beers are, are excellent. I would be really happy to get any of these beers, um, you know, in a, in a, in a pairing um, with this particular cheesecake. I do agree that the cheesecake is is really sweet. It's a really formidable piece. You need to something to stand up to it to really uh, you know sit up and take notice. And you know one of the pieces I, I really love is to get some of that that, that chocolatey essence, that dark um, that darkness in the mall It produces tannin. It produces um, just you know just these fantastic, rich, um, perfect cap of the evening sort of uh, flavors. And um, so that's, is not a bad choice here. You know, these are all great beers, so.
1: Yeah, no, there's not a bad choice. This is a tough one. Steven's a tough competitor. I always see him giving a hard time can, to Peter. Can I tell, can I tell one tough. story? Oh, let me get them voting and then you tell the story. Does that oh, sound right. good? <laughs> okay, they're gonna vote and John's gonna tell a story. So I know everyone doesn't have a pen, but I want us to do this quick. You have napkins in front of you. Borrow a pen from your neighbor. We're all beer lovers. We talk to each other, share things. And I want you to write one, two, or three. Number one, Stephen from Boulevard. Number two, Peter from New Belgium. Number three, John from Bells. So on your napkin, you're literally just going to write one, two, or three. And I need, Thomas, can you help me out, even though I didn't prep you this? Are you hanging out? I'm going to have you collect the napkins and we're going to just put them in three stacks and then you're going to count. You're not going to tell anybody else the number. We don't want a second and third place. I think these are all world class. I just want a winner. So I don't want to know the information nor tell these guys or the audience. So Thomas is going to walk around right now, collect your napkins. Who needs a pen really quick to pass around? Like 80 of you, sorry. And while you're passing my pen around and giving it back at the end, give it back. I want my pen back. John's going to tell his story, so go ahead, John. Tell your story. I'm going to give you guys two or three minutes to vote, but don't break into conversation. We are still in seminar mode. Pass the pen on, please.
0: So um, I think it was two years ago. Um, I, I, I got a chance to do this uh, Smackdown kind of format with Stephen. It was the first time I would ever done it. He's a seasoned pro, you know. So I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, you know, we brought both brought some fantastic cheeses and some great beers, and we we we. As, as we were talking about it, uh, you know, he's the defending champion, so I tried to bring some game, and you know, I started getting into him with a little bit with him, and he started giving it right back to me, and it, you know, it went back and forth a little bit, and you know, the end of the thing, neither one of us win, of course, it was, you know, <laughs> which is you know, fitting, but um, we go back down to the beer festival, and there's this, you know, I'm pouring beer, and this guy walks up and just looks at me and goes. Boy, you and that other guy really don't like each other, do you? (laughs) That was a really fun moment, you know. To think, um, you know, here's a guy who, you know, I certainly enjoy spending time with both these guys quite a bit, and and apparently we were good enough actors that um, that we didn't really like each other very much. So, so I'm gonna drop the hammer on you later, buddy.
2: (laughs) Uh, We'll see. We'll see. I think that's
1: kind of a, a good story in the uh, not norm, because the sense of collaboration that goes on amongst craft brewers, you all know, we're looking for their collaboration beers. We are, you know, I, I, sure, the sales guys are in the streets duking it out, but on the brewer level, you guys are helping each other continue to be better on such a level that's now gotten the United States as the main stage for beer, at least as the most diverse de- destination. I mean, that that's, that's the huge thing. So I think that story is kind of funny, because... No, you guys love each other. Anyone else need the pen? Are we done voting? Okay, so Thomas, put them into three stacks. Don't tell anyone the numbers. You're promising me that. And what I'm gonna do is reveal the brands, then these guys can open up. We're gonna chat for five minutes or so about it. So I'm gonna give each one of their their beer a count of five after you have your beers. No, no, that's yours, oh yeah. Keep it in the napkin, please. You guys will reveal together, and then I want you to tell us, take a minute or so once we reveal a little bit more about the beer, and uh, I think we can unveil. One, two, three, go. So any of the beer geeks in the audience might have guessed some of these if they are available um, already in the market. Oh, Love Child, number three. Oh, my gosh. I had number two, never had number three till tonight. And um, New Belgium, which one you got? The Creek? The Creek. Transatlantic Creek, a, that comes back yearly or every couple years? <laughs> okay, and then John's, we've got... Uh,
0: Urban Barrel Age Cherry Step.
1: Yowza. Okay, tell us a little bit, now that you've revealed your brand, starting with Stephen, um, about the whole series. I mean, what a, what a great series yeah. you guys are doing.
2: So uh, this is a, a beer. It's a part of our Smokestack Series beers, uh, which are a little bit more outgoing beers, uh, a little bigger in... Uh, well, we have to make them bigger to fit in a big bottle, I guess. Um, but this one is really interesting. This is a, like I said, this is a, a sour beer, and it's called Love Child. Uh, it took us about eight years before we finally figured out and kind of came up with the right balance of acidity in uh, some of these beers. Um, and the reason why it's called Love Child is we, uh, we had all these barrels laying around, and, and at one point I said, well, we have enough barrels. We're going to start bottling this. We don't have a name. We don't like most brewers, I guess. you know we, We're pretty good at making beers, naming beers. That's a different story. We're not good at that. I don't think any brewery is. Unless, I'm go- if you are, I'm gonna call you guys. Uh, so uh, we had no idea how to name it. We didn't have a label, we didn't have anything. So we start bottling this and we start packaging. And the guy who runs the packaging line start drawing flowers and, and hearts and all that on the, on the plastic wrap around the pallets. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, can you see? This took us eight years to make this is truly a work of love. We should call these beers love child. I'm like, that is, that's exactly what we need to call these beers. So there's a lot of love going into making these beers. It's a, a lot of patience, it's a lot of blending, it's a lot of tasting, it's a lot of, you know, trying to come up with the right flavor that we want. And then we make it different every year. So this is number three in a series. Um, and what we do also in the back is we, give, we have gauges on there. And the gauges, um, give an indication of how sour the beer is, how fruity the beer is, and how funky the beer is. We like to call funkiness in the beer, too. We like to be funky brewers. Um, and that's how the beer is as we bottle it. But because there's a lot of life, life bacteria in there, there's a lot of wild yeast in there, there's all kinds of stuff in there. So the beer evolves. So that's how the beer tastes when you buy it. And then we don't know what's going to taste in a year. That's up to you if you want to age it.
1: Excellent. Thank you for that description. Peter?
3: So our, our beer is the Transatlantic Creek. Um, so this is a beer from two continents. Um, the wood or sour-aged part of the beer, and that's why I had a hard time answering your question, yeah. is from a friend lambic brewer in Belgium, uh, Frank Bon, who makes a uh, uh, 40 grams per so 40% cherry lambic beer. So lambic, you have lagers and you have ales, and then lambics is a spontaneous fermented beer. Um, this one sat around 16 months in wood um, at Frambon, and then it was shipped to New Belgium, and then we combined it with one of our beers. And like Stephen was saying, so it's a regular beer that we brew, it doesn't touch wood, we just correct the flavor of what we get, because we, it's, all, it's a lambic, it's always slightly different. And uh, based on the sample that we get, we twist our brew and go in a certain direction with that. So Transatlantic Creek, collaboration between Frank-Borne in Belgium and New Belgium.
1: Yeah, that was a tricky one to have to answer. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that question now. Um, Go ahead, John, please.
0: Um, So, uh, you know, Cherry Stout is a beer that we've made for a long time at the brewery, many, many years. Um, You know, it comes out of that northern Michigan uh, sour cherry crop and... uh, Bells makes a ton of different stouts. I mean, we make, we've actually got a, a day in the year uh, when we just turn all the taps over at the pub uh, to stouts. It's the first uh, first of November, all stouts day, we like to call it. And uh, so we make a bunch of different stouts, and, and this is one of them that's been a mainstay for many years. And, you know, we've put different beers into into wood in different ways, and this was one that just really, you know, sort of popped out and sung to us, and, and so we made a larger batch of it. And I'll tell you, this is a it, it's interesting because um, last year we had you know we have really um, interesting weather. Last year, uh, the weather we had was that it was it got very warm in like March, in um, you know late February and early March, and all the trees just took off and started growing and started to leaf out and started to bud out and they you know they they flowered, and then winter came back. And we had a loss in the state of roughly 85% of the cherry crop, uh, which was just devastating. And we make some other cherry beers, and last year was a year that we just didn't make cherry beer. So this one had been sitting in barrel for you know, for a couple of years, and, and we pulled it out um, sort of in the stead of. And you know, we, you know we, we, we have distributors who say, you know, when was the cherry beer coming? I we said, well, you know, it's, we're a very farm-based brewery. We're, we, we try to stay close to land, and... You know, if the reality is you don't have crop, you don't have crop. So we didn't make it. We had this and, um, and, and 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 bottled it up and you know hold it fairly close to the brewery. Doesn't really leave. So it was a nice chance to, to bring this out on a special occasion. So it's kind of the story behind that beer.
1: Yeah, absolutely, three incredible beers. So are you guys ready to hear the winner? Yeah, I want them next door, Greg Cook and Janet Fletcher, to hear that you're ready. Are you ready to hear the winner? Yeah. That's right. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Holy mackerel. All right, we'll do that again in a second. We'll psych them out. Be really quiet while I announce, and then once I announce, let's just erupt, and then you just hug the winner, and then you go downstairs to savor. What a plan. <laughs> okay, so this is the 11th time I believe we've done taste-off um, from craftbeer.com and the Brewers Association in our offices in Boulder, Colorado, Stop on in and say hello. Ask for me, Julia. If you're ever in town, Um, we have a plaque for every taste-off winner. We we put on a huge mash paddle. We put the name of the taste-off winner. And I'd like to say from this evening, the uh, 2013 Savor New York winner for the taste-off salon for the third time in a row is Stephen Powell's with Boulevard Brewing Company. (laughs)
2: So, who all got a ticket from me tonight to come in and vote for me? <laughs> okay, thank you for, not, thank you for not telling these guys, otherwise, they would think I'm cheating. So, thank you very much. I think these beers are all just amazing beers. And uh, yeah, but. <laughs> they must have just found out that you lost. Yeah, <laughs> <I> lost <him. laughs> well, thank you very much, everybody, for coming out. You have a good time at Savor. Thank you. Thank you
0: for listening to this recording from Saver 2013, brought to you by the Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio. You can find the rest of the salons from Saver 2013, as well as all the salons from previous years, at craftbeerradio.com slash saver or on craftbeer.com. Craft Beer Radio is a weekly beer podcast that you can listen to on iTunes or from our website at craftbeerradio.com.